0: You're listening to RiverCast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. Anyhow, uh, as a test, I know where I'm still going. I talked to you a couple weeks ago about Christmas joy, and uh, we talked Eve-Eve uh, about Christmas hope, and I want to talk this morning about Christmas peace, about the peace that God Uh, that passes all understanding that God wants us to experience. As we saw Christmas Eve, Eve, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, The, the angels came and they announced peace on the earth among men with whom God is well pleased, that God is a God of peace. And he wants us to experience that peace and that Jesus would come and he would establish his kingdom we talk Christmas Eve, Eve that it would be a kingdom of, of righteousness and of justice and, and that there would be no end to peace when he comes. But he wants us to experience that blessing and that peace that comes through a relationship with him now uh, on this earth. So turn with me if you would and look with, with me at Philippians chapter 4. We want to look at verse 6 and verse 7. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. This passage in Philippians, by the way, from what I shared a couple of weeks ago to what we're going to look at uh, today, six and seven, and I think eight's in there as well. Um, These are. Do you have certain things that you just carry every day that you just you stick in your your pocket, kind of everyday carry, guys? You might you know have you might. Uh, when I was younger, I always carried a pocket knife with me. Literally everywhere I'd go, I'd be that guy that would go to the airport like, oh, I forgot my knife's in my pocket. Just stuff that you stick with you, all right? This is a really big book. And while we all know that this should be in our heart, the reality is, is the truths of this ought to be in our heart. But the words of this, there's no way you're going to be carrying inside your mind and heart every single day. But there are certain passages That need to be with you all the time, and this is one of those guys. This is just such a critical passage about that we need to to focus in on, that to just carry in our life is how we walk around town, and when the unexpected happens, and when things that are going on, that we can just—it's right there when we need it. That it's right at our fingertips. That it's in our heart. That it's in our minds, and that speaks into our world. And so the Bible says very simply in verse six, it says, "Do not be anxious." about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. We'll talk about that word in a minute. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So don't worry about anything, he says, but instead pray about everything and make sure you thank God along the way and make those requests known to God. And here's the result of what happens when you do that and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In other words, it's beyond what we can think and imagine. It literally blows our mind. It's just, I don't know why I have such peace, but that's amazing. God's peace that surpasses all understanding will guard, will set a perimeter around our hearts and our minds within Christ Jesus. The peace that God wants us to experience regularly in our life is a peace that surpasses anything that that we can begin to experience. In this passage, there's two key words that are kind of against each other. There's there's anxiousness, anxiousness on one hand, don't be anxious, but instead, take some positive steps. And when you take those positive steps, not only will you not be anxious, but you'll actually have peace in your life, peace that that guards you, peace that on the inside protects you, that supplies what you need. So don't be anxious and instead have peace. I did not read uh, the passage earlier, a couple of verses before this, and these verses are all connected, and there's just, because there's so much in here, I just could not possibly talk about it all in one week. But, you know, we saw a couple weeks ago, rejoice in the Lord always. So always be rejoicing. And he tells us the Lord is nearby. So one of the reasons why we should rejoice. And then immediately he goes into telling us not to be anxious but to instead be peaceful. So I want us to recognize that these things are connected. This idea of us being having joy and having peace together as followers of Christ are connected. You really can't separate them. They're, if you have one, you're going to ultimately you're going to have the other. If you are missing one, you're going to miss the other. And in between these is the killer of all of it, the robber of both joy and peace, and that is anxiety. Anxiety. If joy is the emotion, it's the, the feeling of the gladness that we have based on things that we value or that we th- think or that we believe that we are experiencing in that moment that give us joy and make us happy, peace is a sense of security that's in our heart and that's in our mind. It's a, it's a sense that everything is okay, we're, we're at peace. We're secure. We're stable. We're safe. Risks are not around. We're at peace. It's that sense of security on the inside that comes as a result of you and me trusting in God. That's the peace that God wants us to have. Now, anxiety is the Antagonist—it's the the peace robber, if you will. Anxiety is that that sense of kind of dread or um, worry, maybe fear, maybe you know a sense of of anticipating something that you're not sure what you're, is really going to be good or not, and you're kind of nervous about it. It's that that foreboding that kind of closes in on us. It's that sense that comes whenever we have a perceived threat or a risky situation when we're not sure exactly what the outcome's going to be. That's when you and I experience anxiety. It's that that sense of feeling that comes into us and it's It can be really heavy to the level of just all-out worry and just absolute dread and just hang right over you, or it can be a little bit of a a nervousness, a heightened sense of anticipation, just like, whoo, I don't know how that's going to go. But it comes whenever we have this perception that something is, is dangerous or something is a threat to us or the situation is bad, and we begin to experience all the anxiety around us. Notice the word that I use, it's a perception or perceived threat. When I was probably 11 or 12, I, our families were, I don't think it was Christmas time, it was Florida, so it could have been Christmas time, but um, my cousin, my uh, only male cousin and I were going to camp out in my grandparents' backyard, we were going to sleep in the tent that night. And uh, we pitched the tent my, uh, there that night, and uh, we crawled in and into the sleeping bags or whatever. And my cousin, that I knew, well, we didn't live near each other, but I had known him, you know, in my life, we we're, were cousins. Um, he began to get really nervous and worried, and he was worried that the snakes were going to get him. And I'm thinking, I've never seen a snake in my grandparents' yard. Like I know it's Florida and there's rattlesnakes, but I've never seen one. And I said, Chris, I said, Chris, we're in the we're in the tent. The snakes can't get in. He's like, Oh, yes, we can. I'm like, Well, I zipped it all up, you know. And he's, he's like, Well, there's a little hole right there. And I'm thinking, a snake can't get it, Chris. My my dog is sleeping right there. The dog will take care of it. And he got. He just was anxious and worried and and ended up not being able to sleep that night. And, And he, in the tent, he went and left. You know, I knew that even if there was a snake around, it wasn't going to come to us. It was going to go away from us. You know, was the threat zero of him getting bitten by a snake? No. But was it ridiculously low to the point where he really didn't need to be nervous and worried about it? Yeah. It made no sense to me because I just thought everybody liked to sleep outside. I've since have learned, like, this is natural. You do this, right? This is what people do. I had no clue at that age what, what the problem was. You see, anxiety comes to us, whether it's a perception or reality. It's something that we think is out there looming. That's risky, that's dangerous, that's a threat to us, and it causes us, it sets us off emotionally into this area of anxiety. From what I can tell, and this is not Bible, which is my clue to you that, hey, take these words carefully. (laughs) If you disagree or more of an expert, so be it. You feel free to correct me on it. But from what I can tell, there's at least three kinds of anxiety. There's what I would say is a normal good anxiety. The guy that wants to call up the girl to ask her on a date ought to be nervous. It's okay for him to have little butterflies, and if it's my daughter, I hope he's nervous. If he's not, I'm going to make sure he's nervous right (laughs) after that first meeting. That is a good anxiety. That's the anxiety that says, oh no, I've got a big test coming, I better study. Oh no, I've got a big day coming. That's the anxiety that I feel every Saturday. Whether it's Christmas or not, like, oh, Sunday's coming, and it's not about me performing. It's about me honoring God and being ready and, and being used of God and all of that. That's the normal anxiety that we all experience that's, that's, that is healthy, to motivate us to take care of business, to kind of focus in and, and, and get our mind right. That's not what the Bible says is talking about when it says, don't be anxious. Not all anxiety is bad. Just like not all fear or anger is bad, not all fear is bad. I'm afraid of getting eaten by a lion. You put me in a lion cage with a hungry lion that's licking its lips. I'm going to be afraid. I'm sorry. You know, That's a healthy emotion to tell me to do something about it and not sit there. So that anxiety is good. And there's a second anxiety, and this is what the Bible is, is, is telling us not to be anxious over, is to don't be in a, a position where your nervousness gets to the point where you begin to actually begin to shut God out and act as if God can't doesn't exist as God's not going to take care of you that you're facing a situation that somehow God is like wow, I don't know how what I'm going to do here. I guess you're on your own. The kind of anxiety that begins to cripple us and begins to cause us to move away from either people or things that just an unhealthy level of anxiety that just, that just begins to grip us and paralyze us in, in life. That's the anxiety that Paul is saying not to experience And then the best I can tell, there's a third level of anxiety that, for lack of better words, I would say is a clinical kind of an anxiety. One, that's more of a physiological or chemical or kind of thing that just we're all packaged together and I'm not an expert in the medical side of things whatsoever, but there is a piece of that. But I want to caution us as we think about anxiety this morning is that Most of us, when we are battling anxiety, and we will, all of us will battle that second one. We'll all experience the first one. We'll all battle the second one. But most of us live in that second orbit. Most of us are not walking around with a clinical level of anxiety where the the medication is needed and and taken care of or to kind of help us to kind of cope and work through some of those things that are going on. But but God tells us to to deal with that to, to to address that anxiety that just that we walk into those situations and it paralyzes us. Now one caution before we open Scripture, and I'm trying to kind of set the stage with all of this, is that I've noticed that we in our culture today that we refer to anxiety differently than we used to ten or twenty years ago, and that's not right or wrong. It just it it's just it's a different reference. And we, people will tend to talk to me, well, I, I have anxiety, or my anxiety is kind of you know, flaring up, or it's, it's that kind of thing. And I want to just caution us and put this out there, food for thought for you. You may battle anxiety a lot, I don't know. I don't tend to for the most part, but like everybody, there's, you put me in the right situations, and I'm going to get to worrying and anxious about all kinds of stuff like all of us. But anxiety and like the, the, it's not primarily something like an allergy, like my allergies are acting up or I have allergies. It's, it's not that kind of thing. It's, it's, anxiety inside of us is a God-given emotion. It's a healthy thing, just like fear and just like anger. It's a negative emotion that we don't like. I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like Saturday nights saying, oh no, you know, there's a little bit, oh, I get to share God's word, but there's a little, oh no, am I ready? And, you know, and all of that in the middle of that. I don't like that feeling any more than, than you do. But it's not, when we say that we kind of have it, what I sense might be happening sometimes is we're treating it almost like a, something that, like a condition that we have that's beyond our power to deal with, like with something that, uh, that you know, we need to go get a diagnosis for, that if we ever battle any kind of anxiety, that's kind of not our responsibility and it's beyond our touch. So there is some of that that's out there. That's the third level of anxiety, the, the clinical anxiety, if you will. But God tells us, as we're going to see this morning, is that He has a way for us to deal with most of the anxieties that we will ever face in life. And that's the piece that I want to talk to you about this morning. So four simple things to share, and it's just what these verses say. It says, do not be anxious about anything. That's the first thing I want us to recognize. God tells us literally to stop being anxious. And if we didn't get the message, he says about anything Literally, the way this is written, if you read any Greek commentary or any scholarly commentary, they will tell you this is... When it says, do not be anxious, it has the import, it has the meaning of stop being anxious. In other words, stop... Doing something you're already doing. Paul knows that all of us are going to be in this boat. We all worry about things. We all think about the dread. We all have the snakes that we think that are out there just waiting to pounce on us, right? We all have those situations that we just have trouble our minds can't get off of and they hang in the middle of the air. Paul knows that. That's why he says, hey, stop being anxious. Don't do this. Cut it out. Cease and desist. Desist. When the law officer pulls you over and tells you, it's like, "Stop speeding, it's because you are in the middle of it. Paul's saying, "Stop this." Now by default, what that means is, is that God doesn't like it, it's bad for us, and we are capable of stopping it. Now, more and more, we as people, we, 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 we all struggle with our emotions but we really struggle to recognize that we're in charge of our emotions more than we think. Not directly, we're in charge of the stuff that causes our emotions. And so Paul says, gang, you need to stop worrying and stop the, the bad, the unhealthy worry." Not the, not the other kind. They're, he's not telling us to not feel and not recognize stakes are high and we need to work through some stuff, whatever we've got going on in our life. But he's saying, but when you get to the level, when you begin to be paralyzed and, and your life begins to be characterized by this, he says, you, you need to stop and lay that anxiety down. You need to put it aside. That's hard to do. When you are angry, does it help you whenever somebody says, you just need to stop being angry right now? What does that usually do? If you're better than me, you can lay it aside. But you know what? I get more angry when people tell me that, right? You do too, right? You know, tell somebody stop being anxious. They're probably like, am even more because you're telling me to do something I can't, <laughs> you know? We'll see in a minute. There's a solution to it, and the solution is trusting prayer. But I want us to really wrestle with the reality that God tells us regularly in His Word that don't be anxious, and that, and being anxious. This isn't talking about anxious over frivolous things, like I guess a, a giant snake eating. Who's not frivolous? But you know, I knew I had more data and information experience than my cousin did. I guess at that age of ten or twelve, or how old he was. But the Bible tells us in Matthew six not to be anxious about what we eat or drink or what we'll wear. So he's not the Bible's not telling us just to let aside anxiousness and worrisomeness or whatever about little things, frivolous things. It actually tells us not to be anxious about important things, life-critical things. Like even those big things, we need to lay that aside. We need to set it down. We need to be able to walk away from that and live in a world that God wants, has for us, which is really trusting him in a world that experiences his peace. So let's recognize that our anxiety is a, when we have that ongoing, and when you wake up day after day with the same kind of uh, area of of fear and anxiety in us, it's actually a symptom that in our life that God is, is trying to get our attention an area that we need to get into alignment with Him, that we need to be trusting Him in that area of our life. That's the second thing that I want you to notice. Not only should we stop being anxious, but secondly, He tells us how to do it. He says, but, in other words, changing this picture and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, this is the result. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So stop being anxious. So when you and I find ourselves in that spot, God, I'm worrying. I can't stop worrying. The first step is we say, God, I recognize this is not what you want from me. Lord, I know that this is a big thing. That's why I'm struggling with it. God, would you help me? In fact, God, if... I'm anxious now because it's really not trusting you, forgive me of that. And then we begin, rather than being gripped by the negative side of things and all of the, 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 the negative energy, I don't mean that new age energy stuff, I just meant all of that stirred up in our heart's negative side of things. The Bible tells us proactively what we're to do is to pray. Trusting prayer is the antidote to anxiety. It's the water on the fire that begins to put it out. See, we can't control our emotions directly. We can't just stop those things, shut them on and off like a you know like a water um, valve. But instead, we can do something. We can begin to think differently. We begin to trust something. We begin to focus elsewhere, and then those emotions begin to go away. And those. The, the worry and the, the, the thinking about all of the nth degree possible horrible outcomes begin to diminish. And that what we're to do is is to turn to God and trust Him and pray in prayer and supplication. This word of prayer is the idea that when we go to God we can talk to him about all of the stuff supplication is is really it just means requests for years i'm like supplication I'm like what in the world that is not a word that just connects with me it just means to ask make a request it's what it's what hundreds of kids, I presume, did when they sat in Santa's lap here over the last month. You know, They let Santa know their requests. They were supplicating Santa. He didn't know it, but he was being supplicated, right? Write your little letter to Santa. Here's my request for Christmas. It's what your kids did. And by the way, Mom and Dad, you know, here's what I'm asking for you. They're supplicating you. Go home and say, kids, stop supplicating me, and they'll be like, whoa, am I in trouble? <laughs> you know, they'll probably be looking at you strange. So, the prayer just means talking to God. Think about it this way. When you're anxious, don't you, don't most of us, we kind of talk and we kind of ramble and our brain goes over. So, do that to God. Pray about it. Say, God, here's why I'm bothered by this. Here's what I don't like. Here's what I'm struggling with. Why this? Ask God all the questions. It's, ask Him all that stuff, He will listen. In fact, if you're really willing, He'll actually turn around and ask you questions. And if you really are trying to look for answers in the Bible, He even begin to give you answers. But talk to Him about it. Pray about that stuff. And then as you pray about it, and as you really are listening to God, along the way, your specific requests begin to be clear. And you should make those requests to God. You know, when you and I are all worked up and nerved up and we're... Anxious and all that, we don't even our requests don't come out right, we don't even know how to put everything together. So, pray and talk to God and let Him know what those requests really are. And when we do that, and it uses a different word for requests in the original language, it goes and says that that's the second one in verse six is a different word, but same general idea but we're to make those requests with thanksgiving. So we pray to God about the whole situation. Unload our heart. Talk to Him. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the the good shepherd that's there to take care of us as sheep. He's that eternal Father that we can talk to, that we talked about on Christmas Eve. And so we talk to Him about that stuff. And we make a request to him. And then, when we're careful to give God thanksgiving and look back in our life, the different things that God took care of, what happens is we begin to, in our heart, to trust God more and more. And that burden begins to lift. And the anxiety begins to go away. And it's, it's almost like, you know, when you're anxious, you just, you're, you know, you tense up. And step one is to pray. And step two is to make those requests to God. And step three is to give God thanks for what He's done in your life in the past. Thank Him for who He is. Begin praising Him. Thank Him that He's going to take care of in the future, that no matter what happens in the situations, He's got it. And as you do it, you're trusting Him. And before you know it, rather than your fists clenched, holding on to the worry, your hands are open. And all of that begins to go away because you're giving it to God. Folks, in an affluent society that's very connected with people, that values success above everything else, and it is highly competitive. Everybody comparing themselves with everybody else. Among people who really want to control at high levels, like watching their packages by the minute. Oh, it's like almost like the kids watching the Santa sleigh. You know, where's my FedEx package? Oh, it's in Akron. Oh, it's making a way. Oh, it's getting. Close. Oh, it's out for delivery today. Control. But but you put. You put people in a world that have a lot of money, that compare themselves to each other, that value success to the point of being unhealthy, perfectionism. And that we want to be in control of everything. Folks, it's no wonder that we are so anxious and anxiety so rules our day. It's no wonder because we're worrying about are we going to have as much as the next kid gets, our kids are. We're worrying about can we be successful and push them to be and push ourselves to have this, do this, and everything is perfect. And we're so highly connected, social media and everything, that there's just, you never get a break of just, you know, from all of that. And our, our systems just can't handle it. Our, I mean, our physical, spiritual being, that's just, that's too much. And it's no wonder that the anxiety caves in on us. And so what God is telling us is stop with all of that anxiousness. If anything, there was a, an issue for them then, it's an even bigger issue for us today. And what he's saying in reality is, is unplug from that, <laughs> And instead, pray to God. Stop comparing yourself on social media to how you're supposed to look. Stop looking up how to be the perfect parent and how to do the perfect thing, this and that, and how to have the perfect everything. Just stop. Talk to God and make your request to God and give Him thanksgiving. Because when you give him thanksgiving, you're recognizing that you're not in control and that he is. And that he, the reason you're thanking him is because he's provided for you. He's taken care of you. He's done all these incredible things for you. And all of a sudden, your world begins shifting. And that is then when God's peace comes flooding into our soul in verse 7. The peace of God, God's peace, the peace that's characterized by God, it's perfect it's unbelievable that it goes beyond anything that we could think or imagine that peace comes to us we don't try to make it happen but it's God's peace that comes and it guards our hearts and it guards our mind the heart you know the heart of something is kind of the center of it it's a good word for us today it, it, the English word is it's the it's what's What's in, it's what's inside of us. It's kind of who we are at our core that God's peace, that security and stability protects us and removes those fears and guards us against the worries. There, there's a million and one things that we could walk out this door today and be worried about. Some of them would be legitimate. Some of them not so much. On any given day, you and I have half a dozen of those, at least, just consciously in our mind that we're juggling. What if this happens? What if that doesn't happen? What if this and all of that? And in those moments, we're really not trusting God. And we don't have peace because we're not giving that to God. And we're really trying to control our world. And we're really not trusting that God really is in control of of whatever those outcomes are. And consequently, we don't have a guard protecting us. We're vulnerable. There's no wall around our city. The front door's open and we've got a sign out front, anybody come in. (laughs) And we get robbed and it comes out by anxiety and worry and dread and fear and all of this stuff that, that just comes crashing into our world. You see, what God tells us to do is to really genuinely trust him, not just talk to him about the things, but to trust him and give him those requests. Give them to him in such a way, far more than to Santa Claus, but give them to him in such a way that we know that he's going to take care of us. Now, he doesn't promise us to answer those things the way we want them, and that's a good thing. But sometimes we have anxiety because we really just want a specific outcome. And it's the fruit of us wanting to control something. And what happens if I can't control it? And God says, yeah, what you want to begin with is wrong. So why don't you just back off of that, talk to me, get in tune with what I'm doing, and trust me. Whether I show you or not exactly what's going to happen, but trust me. And God gives us a promise that you and I will experience a peace that just so helps us to live in security and removes that fear that no matter what happens around us, that we're okay. No matter what awful thing happens, it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. This morning I, I checked Facebook um, Facebook is my how to stay in touch when I need to know important things, not my how do I sit and spend an hour scanning and seeing pictures of people's food and whatever <laughs> they've done. But I, I hopped on specifically to see uh, how Seth Switzer's doing. You remember we had Seth up to preach for us number weeks, months ago, I guess at this point. H- his dad was in uh, ICU at Albany Med with COVID, and I just found out his dad passed away. Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, sometime in that window. You know, how can you not have anxiety knowing your dad is in the ICU there for days and heart's damaged and lungs are not good and and yet Seth posted on there about the peace, the peace that we can all know, you know, with Christmas time before that. It's because he's praying and trusting that God, that if his dad did pass away or his dad lived, that his mom was going to have to make her way in this world, that it'll be okay. Because there's a prayer and there's a trusting God and there's a giving, a thanksgiving of all the times that God had taken care of him through life and will continue to take care of him. You see, folks, no matter what, you and I can be at peace if we let go of control let go of trying to be perfect. By the way, mom and dad, you really need to help your kids as you're younger. Our kids today, there's a lot of wonderful things with technology. I'm not bashing technology at all, but there's some dangers that are clearly coming out more and more, and I'm not talking predators. I'm just talking about the the comparisons to one another. The solution isn't isn't becoming Amish or just like, hey, we're not going to do anything. Like That's not taking the, the toys away but it's kind of walking with your kid through that. Hey, how does it feel when you see somebody like that? And how are you juggling if you don't do well on an exam? And is it okay if you're not the smartest kid in class or if you're not the fastest on the field, if you're not the this or that? And, and help walk through them within that world. It is, we have to be in, involved in that. But that's when you're turning their hearts toward living a life in this crazy world that trusts and looks to God And it lives with a completely different orientation that the way we live toward Him is what matters. And when we do that, we experience peace. That's why God doesn't like anxiety. That's why God's telling us to stop having anxiety. Not because it's just, it makes us feel bad, but at that unhealthy level, it's actually an indicator that we are living for ourselves or we're not trusting God or we're living for other people and other people's impressions, or we're somehow thinking that, you know, we're going to make this work in the world. And the last thing I'm going to say really quickly, and I'm done. This helps us keep the peace and and guard us even more. And he goes and he says in verse 8, he says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever's honorable, whatever is just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Meditate. Think about these things. You see, this is the way we begin to close the door, the front gate on the, the wall around us with all of the worries and anxiety. It's like, guys, if there's, think about what's true. So much anxiety that we've fallen into and worry is from stuff that never happens. I'd be willing to bet you 99.9% of the stuff you and I have worried over never became real, right? If we look back, right? Stuff that we've forgotten we even worried about. 99.999% of it. And so the truth is when we're in the middle of those worry states, we don't need to be in control. God's in control. God's got our back. God's got us. Think about what's true. Get rid of the lies and all of the things that you think can happen to you. Think about what's lovely and commendable. Be careful. Guard what you're thinking about. Don't set your mind over here. If you're always, you know, worst case scenario, I'm not saying being ignorant, being foolish. I'm not saying, you know, (laughs) <laughs> live, in, live with your doors, literally your doors wide open with a sign, come in, rob me. I'm not saying, I'm just, you know, I'm going to think about good stuff that like nothing ever bad could happen to me. I'm not playing that kind of positive thinking game. So be real, deal with reality. The reality is it is a messed up world and bad things do happen and people do lose loved ones on Christmas. But think about what's even more real, what's realer, if that's a word is that God is still going to take care of us as we walk through bad stuff, no matter what. And think about that lovely side of it. Think about that commendable side of it. Think about that which is honorable, that which is excellent. And it'll help keep that door closed, if you will, to worry. And you can live your life walking through difficult things and difficult seasons and not try to make your your life about just having, you know, perfect order and your perfect thing played out. The world has enough of that. It's creating such pandemic anxiety in us. We just need to walk with God, trusting Him in the middle of those things. So I don't know what God has spoken into your heart about this morning. I don't know how that's hit you, if there's a piece of it or not. But the Christmas peace that God wants us to experience becomes because Jesus loved us and he died for us. And it's that guarding that we have that's in Christ Jesus. It's that peace that we experience through the Lord Jesus who was born, who died, and who rose again. That We experience that salvation and that forgiveness of sin and that security and rightness that everything in our life It's okay, because we're secure in him. That's what he wants us all to grow in more and more in our life, from little kids all the way up to old kids. So wherever that is spoken in your heart today, respond to him. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. We're going to close our service. Let's be people who experience the peace that passes all understanding from the Prince of Peace himself. Pray with me, would you? Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for his peace, for his grace. Father, would you help us to think about those things that are lovely and true and noble and good and excellent and praiseworthy. Father, forgive us for the worry that comes into our hearts and minds, that paralyzes us, that grips us, because we're trying to do your job. (laughs) We're trying to figure out What should and shouldn't happen, and to make those certain things happen. Forgive us when we want control. Forgive us, Father, when we're comparing ourselves to others. Forgive us when we're banking our future on our own abilities, making, being perfect on an exam or being perfect in life, being perfect in some area. Forgive us when we compare ourselves to others and all the anxiety that comes because of all of that. Lord, instead, would you help us to walk with hearts clean, to walk with hearts secure, and to walk with you in the middle of of this world. Father, would you help us to manage these things and not to be afraid, not not to run from them or isolate ourselves from those difficult circumstances but to be willing to hold our head high and to trust you, to know that we're secure because you are right there with us as a God of heaven. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray.